Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Thursday night football. Generally, the games are pretty crappy, especially at this point of the year. And the reason they're crappy, it's not just the matchups. They're crappy, of course, because guys are busted up. Guys are tired. The last thing they want to do is play on a short week. And for that reason, a lot of times, the games look exactly like that. It feels like every Thursday night involves the Jags losing to somebody 6-3 to three in the rain. But you can't tell me last night's game was just another terrible Thursday night matchup because it wasn't. I mean, yeah, it was ugly. No, it was not competitive. But just because it was ugly and not competitive does not mean that it wasn't awesome. Because you know what? It was. It was. For years, anytime there was any mention of the Falcons and the Patriots, there's always that tired, beaten down, cliche, 28 to 3 reference. I mean, beaten into the ground. It is like the most tired reset ever, the lamest cliche ever. Addressing it even one more time would be the biggest waste of time ever. Now, don't get me wrong. Atlanta will never live that down. If you had anything to do with that night, or you pulled a check from the Falcons for doing anything at all, either on or off the field, football or business or PR or anything related, if you had anything to do with that organization on that day, blowing a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl is going to stick to you forever. I don't care if you're a coach an owner, a GM, a player, an intern, a beer vendor, whatever. That's who you are. That will stick to you forever. You know that whole thing about how you could never, ever let your worst moment or your worst night define you? I agree with that, typically. Unless your worst night involves choking away a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl and then shutting it down prematurely, thinking you had already won the game and started to celebrate and didn't finish. Then it does define you. That will define you and anybody who had anything to do with the Falcons that day, and it always will. Sorry to say. But, but you know me. You know me. I'm always looking for positives. I'm always looking for positives. And at least the latest ass-kicking at the hands of the Patriots does give us something new to talk about, something fresh to talk about. And yes, it was awesome. Once again, it was in the running for best, worst game ever. Once again. Like, that was the one hospital job that I did not mind sitting through. In fact, I was kind of pissed when it was over. Like, there was no doubt going into the game who was going to win. Just like there was no doubt what the Patriots were going to do in order to win. Shut down Kyle Pitts. This is the Hoods deal, right? Take away what you do best. Take away your most important weapon. Everybody knows it. Bill Belichick was going to put 10 guys on Pitts if that's what he had to do to make sure that the tight end did not do anything to hurt them. And sure enough, Pitts had three receptions for 29 yards. Least surprising thing ever. And the Pats punched the Falcons in the face, even less surprising than locking up Pitts. So now would be a pretty good time, I think, to remember multiple things. Number one, the Patriots' defense is damn good. They're damn good. It's true. The Falcons are damn hilarious. Also true. But because I'm all about the positive, let me start with the good stuff. The Patriots' D. Like Steve Belichick. I said Stevie. Steve Belichick's crew is good. I mean, how about Hoodman Jr.? My man, Q, 
can lick face and my man can coordinate D. Do not judge a book by its cover because if you did, you would just assume that that face licker was the black sheep of the hood fam. And the only reason the old man keeps him around and keeps him on payroll is because nobody else in any walk of life would ever let that face licker walk into their place of business. Except that's not the case. That's the amazing thing. That's not the case. That liquor can coach now. He's got dudes flying around, disrupting everything, and knocking suckers out. I mean, sure, the Falcons are ass at this point. But at one point in the second half, the Falcons had more penalties than first downs. New England has not given up a point since that opening drive against Cleveland. That's 19 straight possessions without a point. New England's defense has scored more points than they've allowed during that stretch. Do you hear what I just said? Their defense has scored more points than they have allowed during that stretch. What I'm saying is that unit is filthy. Matthew Judon is saying. We a nasty group. <laughs> My man, you are a nasty group. We a nasty group. You a nasty group for sure. And you, Matthew, you a nasty man. You a nasty man. You a nasty group. And then he elaborated beautifully on what he had just said. We kind of want to be a-holes on the field with good guys off the field. Oh, hell yes. I love that. Y'all, y'all are a-holes on the field. It's an a-hole business. But you dudes don't seem to bring the a-hole home with you. Or when you're out in public, you do seem like pretty good guys. But go ahead and be as big of an a-hole and butthole as you want on the field. Give me 53 a-holes on the field, and I'll knock out 11 or 12 wins. I'll guarantee 11 or 12 wins every single year with the occasional chip mixed in. Man, that is such a great quote, and it's so accurate. We want to be a-holes on the field and good guys off it. And right about now, I'm not sure there's a bigger a-hole on the field than Matthew Judon. And I mean that in the best possible way. I love it. A-holes on the field. My man. My man. Now they just need Mac Jones to be a little more of an a-hole on the field. Love the guy. I think he's playing lights out. Could not be more impressed. You know, last night was not his best night. He was solid, but not spectacular. But then again, he didn't need to be, right? Not with the running game that went over 100 yards for the seventh straight game. You want to talk about some a-holes on the field. They are running the hell out of it. And definitely, they didn't need him to be any kind of star last night. Not when that defense was getting after Matt Ryan the way it was. And it wasn't just Judon. There's Dante Hightower, Kyle Van Oy, Christian Barmore, and more. The Patriots have outscored their opponents 72-7 in their last two games. And if you want to tell me that it's because it was against a busted-up Browns team and whatever the hell this Falcons team is, you can get the hell out of here with that. I don't want that kind, or I don't know what kind of world we're living in, that now I've got to get on the air and defend the Patriots, Right? What kind of world are we living in that I have to get on the air and defend the Patriots? What kind of a world is it that I get on the air and I hype the Patriots? But the reason I do is I'm objective as hell. It's not personal. And they're playing their asses off. And they're playing really well. So that was not just a case of them busting up a couple of busted up teams. It's a case of them allowing only 50 points in their last five games.
So they have found their proverbial identity even before Thanksgiving. Identity being a-holes on the field, good dudes off it. A-holes on the field, but good guys off the field. Hey, listen, I don't want to get crazy with it, but I have to admit this. I had a passing thought last night. And it didn't last for more than a second or two, but I had a passing thought watching how complete this team is becoming and knowing that the AFC is wide open and that there are no monsters in the AFC this season and nobody you can really trust week to week in the AFC this season. You know, good ball, really good ball, but no monsters and nobody you can trust. And then I had this passing thought. What if the hood were to chase nerd 44's ring with a ring of his own the following year. I mean, hate the hood all you want. Hate the Pats all you want. But they're playing really well. And Hood may not have ever done a better coaching job than he's doing right now. And how amazing would that be if the hood were to chase nerd 44's ring with one of his own? I understand (laughs) there is a ton of football left. I understand that if the Queen had a package, she'd be the king. But I'm here to tell you, if somehow the hood rebuilt this thing on the fly and worked a miracle and ripped a chip without TB44, it would be way more impressive than the ring that Brady won last year. I'm taking nothing away from the GOAT. That was amazing. But Hood ripping one without him and with Mac Jones as a rookie a year later would be so much more impressive. And the thing is, it's not impossible. It is. Pretty amazing. But maybe still not as amazing as the Falcons getting outscored 68-3 to in the last two games. The Falcons are a field goal away from being shut out in back-to-back games. Pretty amazing. It's incredible. Like, I'm in awe of that. Like, I'm in awe of the fact that the team has now gone more than 130 minutes without a TD. They've been outscored 87-6 to over that stretch. There's a word to describe that kind of play. Ass. And there's more. Falcons corner A.J. Terrell picked off Mac Jones and returned at 35 yards. That meant that he accounted for more yards than anybody on the Falcons offense not named Russell Gage. That's a stat now. I mean, they are so bad. So bad. I almost wanted to hit them with the worst attempted jungle gloss ever, the fail clowns. Who's worse than the Giants? How about the fail clowns? Uh, How's that for fire? The fail clowns. Fail clowns. I get the Corderell Patterson is one of the greatest reinvention stories in league history. But, thank you, Alvin. Well played. But you're not supposed to suddenly play like you're the worst team in the NFL when CP isn't around. Like, my man is valuable, but he's not that valuable. But you want to talk about finishing a game. This is how you finish a game. And I'm not talking about the Pats. I'm talking about the Falcons. The fans should have been throwing hats on the field after that unbelievable hat trick that their dudes pulled off last night. The triple crown of suck. They suck the power of a thousand sucks. Thanks, Ike. Thanks for jumping in there, Ike. First, there was Sir Matthew Ice doing this. Ryan forcing to a deep drop. He floats it upstairs. That might be intercepted. Uh And it is! A sliding Uh-oh. pick by Devin McCourty. 
Fantastic play by the 12-year veteran. Westwood won on that call. That's the first part of the hat trick. Then there was this. This one is too high and picked off. Back the other way, and they're going to mark out of bounds J.C. Jackson, but it is New England's ball. And then this. Shotgun for Rosen. Looking to his left. Rosen intercepted, picked off. Van Noy still going to the 10, to the 5. He gets pushed from behind. Touchdown. The Patriots get a bonus. Kyle Van Noy, the pick six. And I have no idea what Josh Rosen's looking at. It's an easy score. You have no idea what Josh Rosen is looking at? Who the hell cares what Josh Rosen is looking at? He's bleeping Josh Rosen. Josh freaking Rosen was inserted into an actual NFL game. Before I could even throw out a tweet about how awesome that moment was, my dude did that. Holy crap. I'm telling you, I love this guy. I love this guy. I love Josh Rosen. I was so hyped to see Josh Rosen. But only Josh Rosen could have that happen to him. One of the dudes I admire most in the world is my guy, Ed Milet. Big Ed Milet. Big Ed is a big legend. And he likes to say that things don't happen to you, they happen for you. It's a brilliant statement. And he's right. I love Ed. Except, as it relates to Josh Rosen, things do not happen for him. Things happen to him all the time. Weird things, bad things, inexplicable things. Hell yes, we finally get a Josh Rosen sighting. And he comes in and he immediately gets pick sixth. Because crap always happens to Josh Rosen. God, I was so fired up to see that guy. I couldn't get to my phone quickly enough. And before then... He had already gotten pick sixth. I just hope my man went home to that hot tub. The hot tub that I hope that he dug out of the ground, that he had at UCLA, and takes with him wherever he goes. I hope he got back in that thing and just chilled out. The Falcons might not deserve better, but my man Rosen does. Either way, it couldn't get any worse. Could not get any worse than that, right? Yes, it could. Bring on Felipe Franks. Bring on another INT. Felipe Franks throws, and this one is picked off. Step right up. Felipe Franks throws a pick. Three QBs, three INTs, all in the same game. Hell, three different QBs throwing three INTs within four minutes. Find me a better stat. That is the absolute best. That'd be like relief pitchers coming in and giving up back-to-back-to-back bombs. Except that happens in baseball, but never in football. You want to know how unlikely that is? How hard that is? Do you know the kind of history that we all witnessed last night? It had been 20 years since a team had three different quarterbacks throw picks in the same game. The last trio to do it. An Ionic trio. Moses Marino, Ryan Leaf, and Jim Harbaugh. Find me a more ionic trio than that. Those Chargers had all game, though, to do it. They didn't do it in four minutes. Man, I'm telling you. I am telling you. One last thing about Atlanta. They did look sharp as hell in those uniforms. Unfortunately, that also wrecked the idea of look good, feel good, feel good, play good. Because they look good and they play like ass. At least, though, they did not blow a 28-3 lead. 
I only wish there was more time on that clock so more Falcon QBs could have come off the sidelines and throw some picks. It's like a who's who of Falcon QB history. And can I tell you, I love a lot of these guys. Matt Schaub. Hey, coach, coach, you need another pick six? Put me in. Come on. Michael Vick. Chris Chandler. Bobby Abair, Jeff freaking George. You know my man Jeff George can still sling it. Except Jeff, big dog, I'm still waiting for that VHS tape of your reel that you promised to send me like a decade ago. I will. I, uh, we'll, we'll send it to you, let you take a look at it. And as many years as you've been around, Romy, and you and I kind of go way back to uh, back in, my, in early, the early 90s when, when you were in San Diego, I the first time when I met you. And love to send you the tape and love to get your opinion on it. Are you kidding me about that? That was Jeff George contemplating a comeback. He had a reel, and he said he would send it to me because he wanted my feedback. Hey, listen up. When you want to find amazing rates, organize your finances, or simply make smarter money decisions, LendingTree is here for you. With the LendingTree app, you can see all your bank accounts at a glance so you can better understand your spending and saving and build a budget that works for you. You can monitor your credit score. You can explore ways to improve your credit. You can get automatic alerts to protect your identity. And LendingTree can help make sure that you are getting your very best deal on loans, insurance, credit cards, and more through their wide network of banks and lenders. Plus, LendingTree gives you personalized tips and insights into help you save money and reach all your financial dreams. So whether you want to pay off a debt, buy a home, build credit, or simply make things a little easier, LendingTree has your back for all your short and long-term goals. And best of all, there are no subscriptions, there are no fees, there is no hassle. Just easy, Honest, straightforward support to make the most of your money and achieve greater financial health. So download the free LendingTree app right now and get started. Then see why thousands, thousands of people turn to LendingTree every day for smarter, easier finances. Terms and conditions may apply. NMLS number 1136. It's got a big head with lots of data within that head. And every Friday we pick games against the spread. And then a lot of you do what we suggest, and sometimes you win, and sometimes you don't, and then you get pissed and you at us. Time for another edition of Big Head Bets with the big head himself, James Kelly. Head, what's cracking? Not much, Jim. What's going on? I'm looking at my Blackberry Curve in my uh, Oh, your Blackberry Curve. Is it with that little trackpad or that little... The track. I like the ball better, but the track. Okay. All right. I I like the ball, too. Mm-hmm. Since we're tiny. Listen, one order of business I had a ball. before we jump into these games. We need to educate the newbies and manage the newbies and let them know exactly how hard this is okay. and how it is, right? Those who know know how hard the game is, and those who are new to it do not seem to understand, but it's not their fault. So we're here to quickly educate. When picking against the spread— head especially in the nfl what is considered a good hit rate what percentage if you hit at 55 percent you're winning the game um if you do that consistently you're pretty damn good so just over 52 and a half to break even but that 55 percent era that is damn good 60 is incredible 63 64 65 is pro stuff especially in the nfl where it's harder jim than any other sport 
because of the popularity and the parody of the sport. So I'd say 55%. Okay, so why am I bringing this up? One, to educate the clones. And number two, like, what kinds of things do you hear if you go like four and two or even worse, four and three, which would still be considered a good weekend? Oh, 60%. They're done with me. I'm in a big slump. They're like, oh, you'll, you'll turn it oh, around, big guy. You're doing you're, you'll, you'll figure this thing out. So they, they at me all the time when I go three and And you're like, two. turn what around, man? I'm killing the game. <laughs> I'm awesome. I said, man. <laughs> all right, so just keep that in mind. Not only are you not going to go five and one or six no every single weekend mm-hmm. clones, there are guys. There are guys that the head and I really, really respect, and they have weekends where they go 0-5, oh, 0-7. So this is what happens. Don't mm-hmm. come in here looking for a piece of us if we go four and two. You're welcome. Thank us if that happens. Before I move on, do you have anything else to add to that? Well, I mean, it's it's very true, right? I mean, you could take 10 weeks of the NFL season right now. We broke even once going 3-3. Three and three. We lost last weekend, but we won every single other weekend. So that'd be eight weeks we've won. And if you would parlay them all and get sloppy, you'd lose every single one of them. So exactly what you're saying, man. 6-0 and oh is so freaking hard, but if you're stupid with your money, you could lose it. All right, so don't be stupid with your money. Let's get at it. We're about to get smart. We're going to get down. Ravens at Chicago. First game, head. I never thought that I would say it, but the Ravens are at Chicago, and that's pretty much a must-win game for them. Here's something else I never thought that I would say. The Bears are somewhat dangerous with Justin Fields getting more and more acclimated. He's going to make mistakes, but he's going to make plays, big plays, and he is as electric as advertised. What is the number? How are you playing Bears and Ravens? Did you see Matt Nagy, real quick, sorry, did you see Matt Nagy's comments on taunting and how bad it was for the kids, Jim? I did see that, but for those who did not, well, I... I don't well, want I, you to start talking further, but go ahead and give it a shot. Use your words, head. I mean, the dude who scarred every single kid in the Windy City while singing about Pennis and Cracker Jacks thinks taking two steps towards an opposing team's sideline is a bad example for the youth. I just found that extremely rich. So, Bravo. Uh, Matt Nagy. I'm going to miss Bravo. when he's Well gone. done. Well done. You actually had a take and a line, and you set it up, and you delivered it, and you didn't butcher the English language or mispronounce anything. Well done, head. And, and by the way, good point. Good point. Mm-hmm. This guy's crying about taunting when he's the guy who was singing about Pennis and Cracker Jacks? <laughs> That's exactly right, man. I'm going to miss him when he's gone. Well oh, said. All right, how about the game itself? Scheme, okay, so the spread is minus four Baltimore, I see right now. Fields is playing better. Love him. Love him long term. But right now, no one handles pressure worse than he does right now in the NFL. And outside of Buffalo, Baltimore has the second highest pressure rate in the NFL in getting after that QB. Also on offense, Baltimore was held under 100 yards Rushing against Miami, they should have a big day on the ground against the Bears defense, who might be minus Khalil Mack again and has allowed nearly five yards in attempt their last three games. Let's go against Pennis and Cracker Jacks. Baltimore minus four. All right, that's interesting because I can't believe I am about to say this, but I actually do like Pennis and Cracker Jacks and the Bears plus four and a half at home. I already hate myself for doing it. But you know the old saying, do what you hate, and if you consistently do things you hate over the long haul, you're going to have a huge life. So I'm going to do something I hate. I'm throwing in with the Bears. I'll go against you on that one. Packers v. Vikings, one of the games of the day, one of the games I'll be talking about on the NFL Today and CBS Sunday. So I don't want to give up my angle completely. I will let you break it down. But let me just say this personally speaking. Head, the Vikings always seem to screw me. If I were to be playing games, they never go my way. I know it's not personal, but they always seem to jam me. Do you have any teams like this, Head? Like, every time I pick them, they lose. But if I 
get butthurt and I pick mm-hmm. against them, they beat me. It happens every time. What about you? How do you see this game? No, the Vikings. The Vikings is that team for me, man, and uh, and uh, they do it all the time. So no matter how I hit them, they usually take my money. So, But this here, Jim, I think it actually surprised the line. It surprised a lot of people. Green Bay opened as a minus-two favorite, but the money uh, – the money moved this pretty quick down to Green Bay at minus one, and I think it is because the more that you look at it, it makes sense. Mike Zimmer is actually 10-3 and three as a home dog since he took over in mm. 2014. Wow. That's a 76% clip that he hits in that role. But I, I, I'm, I'm going to take the Packers at minus one, and I'll take them because of Aaron Rodgers, Matt Lafleur, and that defense. The Packers' D is playing incredible right now, bringing in Joe Barry as their D.C., was an incredible hire, and they're going. Uh, they're getting better against stiffer competition. Their last three weeks against Kyler Murray. You're not. Pick up the pace, dude. <laughs> Kyler Murray held him to 21 points. Pat Mahomes, 13 points. And Weird Russ, zero points. That's 11.3 points against three legends the last three weeks. The Vikings do have weapons, though. This will be a challenge, but I think Aaron knows how important this is in the race at the NFC's top spot, and I think he's going to get it done against a Minnesota team who won't get blown out but always finds a way to lose a close game at home. Packers, minus one. Hey, weird head, stop weird rusting. You don't, you don't need to do that. You don't need, you don't need to editorialize like that. Hey, listen, I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I like that pick. I would take the Packers also, but just know this. Whenever I pick either side of the Vikings, the other thing happens. I know. So I'm, I'm taking the Packers. If you clones want to lock, Ace, take yeah. the Vikes because yep. I'm taking the Packers. All right, Saints at Philly. I still do not trust the Saints at quarterback, which is why I said bring in Phillip Rivers when Jameis Winston went down, dadgummit, but they didn't. I don't trust them at QB, but I do trust their defense, and I trust them going up against Philly. Now, don't get me wrong. Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni must be making them play rock, paper, scissors, duck, duck, goose, whatever the hell he's making them do. It's working because they are playing better. I don't hate them. I just don't like them enough to take them over the Saints. But then again, it does depend on the number, Head. What is the number? How are you playing it? I just hit the Saints on win bet at plus two, Jim. They are road dogs here. And in this spot, under Sean Payton and without Drew Brees, they excel. The Saints have gone 8-0 against the spread as the underdogs without Brees the past three seasons, 8-0. and And yes, the Eagles have found their offensive identity lately in running that football. Over the past three games, they've ran it in NFL most 41.3 times a game, but nobody stops the run better in the NFL than the Saints do. They limit opposing teams to an NFL best 3.1 yards per carry, and they are getting better having allowed 2.5 yards per carry in their last three games. So this is a battle of each team's best here on that side of the ball, but I'll take the Saints plus the points in a close one. All right, so win bet has them plus two, right? Yes, exactly. Bengals v. Raiders. To me, Bengals v. Raiders is like the epitome of the NFL season. Like you never know week to week, and there's almost no team that I can fully trust week to week. These are two great examples. At separate points of the season, I actually felt really good about both these teams, and I thought they both turned the corner and they were playoff locks. But then the Raiders season absolutely blew apart, and the Bengals are not who I thought they were, at least not of late. Personally, I can't fully buy into either one of them, but I trust the Raiders less than I trust the Bengals, even at home. What's the number? Who are you rolling with? Yeah, you nailed it here, but for some reason I actually expect both teams 
uh, best this Sunday. Big game for both, sitting at five and four each, and both off a two-game losing streak. Very evenly streak. matched here. The number is Cincy minus one, actually. I'll lay that point and mm. take the Bengals. If they could handle the very good non-blitzing pass rush from the Raiders, they should win this football game. Joe excels at picking up the blitz and exposing defenses. Here, he won't see any of that, so that line has to hold the pocket. Expect the Bengals to mix in a heavy dose of Joe Mixon here. You can run on this Raiders defense. I also like the Cincy D line against Leatherwood and the boys. Cincy is a touch healthier. They are coming off a bye, and it's almost a must-win to me for Zach Taylor. He is 1-4 with additional rest against the spread. If he loses this game, he's in hot water, but I like the Bengals minus one. Dude, why are you always all over Leatherwood? Dude, it's the funniest thing ever. You ride that guy hard, man. <laughs> all right, Texans, okay, Bengals minus one. I like that too. You and I are in agreement on everything except the first. Texans at Titans. What is a big head bet segment without hitting on one of the double-digit games? The Texans are ass. The Titans are, well, frankly, head, I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure what they are. I have no idea how the Titans are doing what they're doing because if you look at the metrics and you look at the analytics, there's no way they're as good as what their record says they are, but they are 8-2, and two and they find a way to get it done almost every single week. There's no doubt in my mind they slap the Texans, but can they do it to the tune of double digits? What's the number you see? How you playing it? So I see Titans laying 10 here. Let's do that. Let's hit this. This could be a trap game. After all, the Titans did lose to the Jets earlier this year. How did that happen, by the way? I don't don't know. It's the NFL, right? But uh, this defense has to have a heyday against this Houston offense, Jim. Houston ranks 32nd in yards per game and points by averaging 14.2 a game. That's, like, bad. And it's even worse on the road for the Texans' offense where they are averaging 7.6 points per game. 7.6. That is the uh, definition of historic ass, dude. They are looking up at an Andrew Walter-led Raiders offense of 06. Jamarcus Russell's laughing at these guys and their inability to put points up. So, yes, this could be a trap game. But if the 8-2 Titans can't beat the Texans by more than 10 points at home, with that offense, they are not legit. Legit, and I don't care about the parody in the NFL. Let's go Texans uh, to lose to the Titans. Titans minus 10 here. Yeah, dude, just get that plane down. Just get that plane down, bro. Just get that plane down. Hey, Head, remember last night when you and I were communicating back and forth about that game, and then all of a sudden you hit me with on iMessage, I might add, (laughs) did that old man just text us? I'm like, I don't know. I'm communicating with you, and I'm not looking at my phone. And there he was, man. What was your reaction when all of a sudden he creates a group chat to take credit for picking the game correctly? Typical Ike, man. Never hear from him when he loses, but when he hits something good, when we didn't even ask him to uh, weigh in on anything, here he is just flaunting it, just you know, just showing how great oh, he is. At this uh, Ike, Ike's not going to wait. Yeah. Ike's not going to wait to be asked. We know this about Ike. I mean, I, I almost respect it, but I don't. It was even before the game ended, too, I think. He was, you know, walking that thing off. So that's Ike for you right there. <laughs> Ultimate bat flip, little pirouette oh, in the batter's box, running around first base with his flap down, running backwards <laughs> after crossing second base, Tatisa sliding it, into Tatisa home plate. Cool Ike's night. Yeah, exactly. All right, so run it back. Lay it. For those who are joining us late, and we will tweet this, who are your picks this week? Baltimore minus four at Pennis and Cracker Jacks. Green Bay minus one at Minnesota. Saints plus two at Philly. Cincy in Vegas minus one. And 
Titans minus 10 against Houston in that horrid offense. I haven't done the math. How many games is that? Five games. Five? Yep. All right. Have a great weekend, Head. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jim. Trade pros. Whether you specialize in service or new construction, Ferguson knows firsthand how much work goes into a long day on the job, which is why we're committed to offering the products and solutions to get every job done right. With over a 1,000 locations, an unmatched selection of specialty products, tools, and supplies, our pro pickup and Samer next day delivery, you can trust that doing business with Ferguson will be the easiest part of your hard day's work. Visit ferguson.com to find a counter location near you. Welcome to the jungle. A very good Monday to you. My name is Jim Rome. All right, so lots of football. Let me start first with a quote. To quote one, Cameron Newton. I'm back. Yeah! Newton takes the snap. This time last week, I was eating a bowl of cereal. You feel me? Dude, I do feel you. But it does not answer all the necessary questions. What was in the bowl? Captain Crunch? I love Captain Crunch. My guy, Chris Beard. Lucky Charms, man. Today we had, like, Lucky Charms. Unsportsmanlike conduct. Here's a shoe. And it's one of the guys. Best dumb thing ever. The only thing more hilarious than that is that fast-talking coach having to address it. Terrible mistake. You know, in the game, this type stuff. You know, he's amplifying play there, and that's what happened. What happened? Vincent Goodwill is joining us. The relationship between Scotty and Michael. I think Scotty needs to sit on somebody's couch. And when he says, you know, I want to be remembered as the greatest player of all time, I need to ask you, are you high? Are you drunk? John Lennon, I'm guessing, could have ended up with pretty much anybody in the entire world. And he ended up with Yoko. She must have been pretty exceptional. Why y'all got to hate? All right, all right, all right. Yeah, got it, Alvin. Thank you. Hey, Kansas, we're with. Holy cow. Hey, sorry, Texas. Mac Brown ain't walking through that door. I think that whole team is going to need an emotional support monkey. 31-point dogs came in and did you in your house. Boulder is where the younger female co-eds begin their trajectory into Portland woman. Just think, one of these tie-dyed dumpster divers could become your new daughter-in-law. I don't have an issue with you making yourselves look bad, but I do have an issue with you making me look bad. Debo Samuel. Who's that? Pull your heads out, use that bye to get right, then come back out and prove me and the rest of the world right. Stafford's excess face spilling out of his helmet while Jimmy G's flawless jawline is glistening in the lights. Must be disheartening. That's unbelievable! And you mentioned Will McDonough. He could handle himself now. That's not a guy you want to mess with. Raven Claiborne, he punched out a defensive back. Can you imagine laying a finger on a defensive back? They scared the hell out of me. Willie decked Raven Claiborne in the 70s. McCarthy actually had staff handing out monkey You know why they beat the Falcons? Not because of the monkey ass. They beat the Falcons because they're the Falcons. And not because the big fella is some kind of legendary motivator. How about that monkey butt? How about that monkey butt? I like American cheese. Even though Paul tries to wrap my worm pill up in a slice. Graham Mertz is joining us. Just verify that, all right, this is where I need to be at Wisconsin. I jumped on it early, but it was, it was a great decision. And I, I loved every second of the it. The geese are like people. It would not surprise me at all to see them in my backyard firing up the grill, throwing whatever it is geesey on the grill. You're out on my jet skis. I own that bitch, Rome. Everything that's been placed on Nicola's shoulders and how he's never once tried to hide He's never tried to um, run away from that responsibility. He even gives me that much more respect for him as a player. That I'm going to kill Jim Roman if I ever The scariest, baddest dude ever is all about love. I love you now, though, Jim. I want to be about love. So who's going to be the one to tighten me up with some toad? And after hearing some of your phone calls, I'm dying for the toad.
Nico, finally, you also worked with Kobe Bryant. The Mamba. We had a special relationship. I don't talk much about it, partially because I see a lot of people, they get on talk shows and it almost kind of cheapens it. What's your beef? My beef is crosswalk guy. My beef is I didn't bring enough beef out of the 10-ounce bag that I had. My beef is with that weird radio shack monkey guy. And with all my SoCal friends hating on the bay. Jimmy Garoppolo gets a negative six when it comes to looks. My beef is every left turn red light. Abolish them all. Matt Ariza. I mean, come and tell me I'm not a real football player. Do you remember each and every one of those five tackles? <laughs> Two of them, I just lowered my shoulder. Imagine if you got ejected for targeting or something. <laughs> <laughs> Might ask yourself, hey, Rome, how do you walk into a camera? Is that camera not in the same place every single day? Luckily, it was only my shoulder, not my head. Do you have any idea how many reams of multi-use copy paper we need to sell to cover that? <laughs> Mike Musselman. This guy even know X and O's. He's so into social media. Well, I'm into social media to try to sell out our building. And my audience is high school kids. We are constantly evolving and trying to reinvent, trying to become better. So things are great in Pittsburgh. You know, we're getting cranked up for another one this weekend. Um, and uh, we, we had fun last week uh, on a Thursday night at North Carolina. Pat, you talked about your quarterback. Kenny Pickett, let me ask you, what separates him from all the other great quarterbacks? A-holes on the field, but good guys off the field. With that offense, they are not legit, legit, and I don't care about the parity in the NFL. Let's go Texans uh, to lose to the Titans. Titans minus 10 here. Yeah, dude, just get that plane down. Holding that off. Romy, always appreciate the vine. It's Kendrick Bourne. Don Julio, 1942. Rum route. Rome, I'm down anytime. Don't ever compare this guy to me. He knows where to find Definitely me. Definitely can find me. Uh-oh. And look forward to coming back on in the near future. If you want to have a good conversation, bring Pat Narduzzi on. Monkey butt. Tell you what, I don't even know if I'm going to listen to the rest of the show. Not a fan of that call right there. Some you people know. flip it in. Good night, no! Are you craving some protein after a good workout? This time, do not make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. I'm telling you, Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender, and it's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. Good, good stuff. And it goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach, wherever. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, clones... Ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Not to Old Trapper. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Cameron Bynum is my guest. Cameron, good to have you on. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good, dude, good. Let me ask you, so I know you're thinking about Green Bay, and I'm going to get there in a minute, but if you could, can you take me back to the Charger game? You're from Corona. You played your high school ball at Centennial. What was it like for you to start your second NFL game here in Los Angeles? Um, It was a blessing just to be able to go out there in front of my family and a bunch of people and know that I'm getting to start and have, obviously, a week weeks to prepare and um, the whole season learning from so many good good players and great coaches and me just being able to go back home and feel prepared and know, coming into that game knowing that i got to go make plays and fill in and do my part. So it was a blessing to be able to go out there and just have fun and help my team get a win. Cameron Bynum joining us. You know, it's one thing to get the opportunity, but it's another to make the most of the opportunity. You came up huge. You had six tackles. You had a sack in the win. Can you take me through the sack? What did you see on that play? And then how good did it feel to get home and make that play? Yeah, so during that play, uh, we've been showing cover three a lot that game. So it looked to the quarterback, I'm sure it just looked like a normal cover three, me coming down weak side. But um, there was a blitz call, so I was able to go shoot that B gap B-gap got covered, so I saw the A-gap open, so I just went right up the middle and ran straight in the quarterback, and 
it was it was a crazy feeling being able to, especially on third down, get the defense off the field and be able to flip the field for the offense and give us a good field position coming up. So that, that felt good just being able to put uh, my team in a position to go score and go make um, go get the win ultimately. That was the main goal. Cameron Bynum joining us. No doubt, listen, I understand that it's a next-man-up league, but at the same time, before the Ravens game in Week 9, you get a call that Harrison Smith was going to miss that game and that you were going to start. You obviously want to stay ready, and you're preparing like your number could be called at any time, but what do you remember about that phone call and kind of what went through you when you found out that that was going to be your time and your opportunity? Um, so I was just not waking up uh, when he called me. So my DB coach, he called me while I was getting ready to go down, downstairs to get some breakfast. He said, hey, Cam, you're up. I, no nerves, no anything. I was just ready to go. I said, let's get it. And knew I was prepared. And that took pride in the weeks before, before I was even getting any snaps on defense, of preparing as if I was a starter that week just because you never know what could happen. So the reason I had no nerves and wasn't nervous at all is because I knew that my preparation these past weeks had been perfectly on point. So there's no nothing more I could have done to get ready for that game. So I I was able to just go out there and have fun. We're talking to Cameron Bynum. All right, then. You didn't just fill in. You had 12 tackles. You had a diving interception late in the first half. A massive, massive performance in your first start. What are you going to remember most about that first game? Um, that we didn't do enough to win. Mm. That's probably the biggest thing. I know people give me a lot of compliments and talk about how good, how well I played and how well we played, but we didn't get the win. So, ultimately, I'm thinking about what more can I do moving forward. So, um, whether it's misassignment I may have had or miscommunication, something that could have affected the team. Um, that's mainly what I'm thinking of. The pick is cool and all. Good performance is cool, but I'm out there to win, so I got to do more. Respect. Let's go back a little bit because you started 42 games at corner in college, and then you come to the NFL and you make that transition to safety. What has that process been like? Um, at first, I'm not going to lie, it was tough. Um, just getting out of the muscle memory of being corner for so long as far as like my eyes, and obviously as a corner, you're, you're more man coverage. You're looking everything outside in, so it's a lot easier with your vision. So moving to safety, I had to learn how to communicate before and during the play and be able to open up my vision, be able to see, see on both sides of me because I'm in, obviously in the middle of the field at times. I'm in the slot, so I need to look at the number one receiver but also look at the running back and the line of scrimmage. So I, I just had to get, break a lot of muscle memory with my eyes, and once I opened my vision and – Obviously, Coach Zim, he's a great DB coach, and being able to learn behind, um, obviously, you guys know Harry and Xavier Woods, learn behind them, two vets, has been super helpful for me. So the development's been fun and learned a lot, but at first it was tough. Cameron Bynum is joining us. All right, then. If we were to go back even further, I want to go back to the day you were drafted. Your reaction video from... (laughs) the shores of Big Bear Lake is incredible. It's one of the best things ever. What do you remember about getting that call that you were going to Minnesota? What was that moment like? That, it, felt, it felt surreal. It, it was just a giant wave of emotions, just knowing that you worked so hard for that, just for that one moment. And there's, there's the percentage of people that make it to the NFL is so small. So it, it didn't even fully hit me then, and I was still super emotional. So just knowing that the hard work paid off was a super relief. But on the other side, it was just like, okay, now the work is just not being started. I played, what, 12, 12 years of football before that about, and my career, my real career is just not starting. So it's a giant wave of excitement, but also a, let's get back to work. There's a lot more to be done. So that's 
those, that was the wave of emotions, and it's just super exciting to know that I have a lot more football left in me. So, Cam, what's that like when it becomes a job? I mean, it was always a responsibility, to be sure, and you put in a lot of time mm-hmm. and made a lot of sacrifices. But when the thing flips from you're no longer you know, playing youth football, you're no longer playing high school football, you're no longer even playing college football, now it is a job. It is football. What's that like when that switch goes? Um, it's, it's a lot better, honestly. Now I don't have to worry about school. I don't have to worry about writing papers while studying film. So it makes it a lot easier to fully be invested in football. But it's also way more of a sense of urgency to get your stuff right and make sure you know every everything possible on the whole defense, on special teams, because at the end of the day, a job can fire you anytime they don't need you. So that's the sense of urgency everybody needs to have in the NFL. Like, so they can replace you anytime. So knowing that it's a business still, but also being thankful that football is the only thing you have to do during your day technically. So you have no excuse not to be ready and not to be on point with everything. So. I enjoy it a lot more than college just because I get to fully, fully, fully watch tape for a living. Cameron Bynum is joining us. I think that's well said. You also had a great college experience, I would imagine. I'm a UC guy myself. I went to UC Santa Barbara. Cal, I get this. I mean, this is really hard. It's a really challenging school academically. And then you've got football on top of it. What about the college aspect? It's great now that you can just focus on the job. But did you enjoy your time in college? What was it like to go to Cal? Oh, I enjoyed it like crazy. I love how I love but the thing I loved about it the most was the challenge of so many people that were there grinding just as hard as us in, in the books. So it's crazy to just be around so many hardworking people, and it was inspiring. Then the football program at Cal, I loved it, loved our coaching staff and everything around it, just how, how many people were like working hard and actually loved the game versus just being there to enjoy a college experience. And that's, that's how I really got close to especially certain people people that were fully invested in football and school and trying to be the best they can be in every aspect. So I think that's one thing that stood out and helped me enjoy it, that there's so many hardworking people around me. Hey, Cam, tell me this. Like, maybe you were treated differently because you were a star athlete, but you and I are both SoCal guys. When you got up there, did you have any idea how much NoCal hates us down here in SoCal? Did you get any (laughs) of that blowback? Yeah, actually, I've been experiencing that for a while just because I had a lot of family in the Bay Area. And I'm from Southern California, so it was always a big old rivalry of, oh, SoCal has better athletes, NorCal is better, is better food, all this. And it was just, it was just all type of beef. And SC hates, hates Cal, Stanford hates UCLA, just everybody hates each other from North and South. So it was a funny dynamic because I was technically living in both areas. Oh, I know this. And that's why I asked you, and I knew you would answer it like that. But the fact of the matter is, correct me if I'm wrong, we will never hate them as much as they hate us because we just don't care that much. Exactly, yeah. NorCal people, NorCal people are kind of like obsessed with themselves. Like, think LA people think about them, and SoCal people think about them too much. And yeah, SoCal all the way. You nailed it. I, I you, you, it you nailed it, man. They're obsessed. They, they, they think that we think about them all the time, and we don't give a damn. We're just not thinking <laughs> exactly about you at all. We got warm weather and good, real beaches that you can hang out on. NorCal beaches are just water. You not. Nobody's going to the beach out there to hang out. The, the, the city by the bay. Okay, Frisco, whatever you say. <laughs> so you're going to face fellow, before you go, you're going to face fellow Cal alum Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. What is the key to stopping him or slowing him in the Packers offense? What do you see in the tape? Um, I think we got to focus on the whole offense. I know he's a great quarterback and a legend, all that, but he's, there's still a ton other people on the field that have to do their job also. So I think we just have to play team defense and do our job. And don't try and do anything too special as individuals. 
And if we all, like, collectively do our job, I know it sounds cliche, but that's always the key to winning. You beat the guy in front of you, and now quarterback can't beat you because that way you guys beat, he can't get the ball. So that's that's the mentality I'm going into the game with and everybody else on the defense also. we got to everybody do your own job and the, everything else will take care of itself. Dude, you're a pro. That was a great conversation. Cameron Bynum, safety for the Vikings, joining us. He's coming off a huge game. You've got Green Bay at Minnesota on Sunday. Cam, appreciate you very much. Great job. Good to have you on the show, and yep, thanks for doing thanks it. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That was fun, man. All right, so from the very first moment I sat in my ex chair, my body immediately went, ah. This is what a real office chair is supposed to feel like. <laughs> I mean, like I never actually looked forward to sitting in my office chair until I got my X chair. That's how amazing the X chair is. Can your current office chair give you a massage while you're working? Yeah, my X chair can. Can your current office chair heat up or cool down? My X chair can. It's all in the LMAX massage and temperature regulation, exclusively designed and made for X chair. High performance, quality engineering, extreme comfort. These are all the reasons I love my X chair, and now I can't wait to be at work. Sometimes, even if I'm not working, I just sit down and I kick it in my X chair, you know, to get that feeling. So take my advice. Try X-Chair for yourself, risk-free for 30 days. Once you realize how much better your chair should be, you will never go back. Go to xchairrome.com right now. That's the letter X, chair, R-O-M-E.com. Or call 1-844-4X-Chair and get 100 bucks off your order. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. That's xchairrome.com, xchairrome.com. Darius Slay joins me once again. Darius, it is so good to have you back, man. How are you? I'm doing good. How you doing? Dude, it's been a minute or two since you and I have spoken. Man, how's your life right about now? Man, it's pretty good, man. Just living, um, you know, playing ball. It's just been chilling for the most part. Good. Glad to hear it. All right, let's talk about you playing ball. I want to talk about a lot of things, but we've got to start with that fumble return against Denver on Sunday. You had a seven-point lead in the third quarter. Denver's going for it fourth and one. Can you take me through the play? What did you see? Well, uh, actually, what I saw is just the fact that, you know, I felt like we got to stop on the fourth down. So I was holding my hand up, like I was saying, oh, yeah, we got to stop. But then I saw the ball pop out <clears throat> and uh, shoot, right? Just, you know, do what I do, man. Practice what I do in practice a lot, scoop and scoring. And, um, you know, so I just scoop the ball up, man, trying to find a way to make a play, and, uh, and I made one. Darius Slay joining us. You certainly did. So you get your hands on the ball, and you bobble it for a minute, and then you take mm-hmm. off. You had said, quote, they had nothing but fat guys out there. They ain't catching me. End of quote. What's going through your head on the run itself? Oh, yeah, like I was saying, you know, uh, knowing the personnel that was out there, it was 13 personnel. So I ain't, it's not too many guys on that field can catch me on 13 personnel. So, uh, shoot, so I got out like, man, I wasn't going to fall on it. So, uh, you know, like I like guys kind of like, they bobble it the first time. They'll probably, like, you know, drop it. You know what I mean? I'll, like, drop on the ball, get on the ball, not me. So, uh, so I'm like, man, I'm going to keep trying to pick this thing up until I can uh, get it secured and I can go score. Darius Slay joining us. I know you're not concerned about it, but the fact is the official distance in the scorebook was 83 yards on the return. But in reality, you covered nearly 130 yards. You did so at altitude. Not that they were going to run you down, but what would that have done to your rep if one of those fat guys did catch you? Oh, man, it probably did me bad. My guys wouldn't let me uh, either last that, but uh, 
Uh, I kind of figured that wasn't going to happen anyway, you know, so I won't be worried about that. <laughs> Darius Slay joining us. I knew it. Listen, you mentioned like I could fall on the ball, but I didn't. Nick Sirianni says there are two types of fumbles, city fumbles and country fumbles. For those who don't know, what is the difference between those two? Yeah, uh, uh, city fumble is something like uh, with a lot of like as in, as they use it. It's like you being in a, in a city with a lot of buildings, you know, so, you know, you want to get on those, but uh uh, country fumble, man. You got time to scoop and score, so uh, ain't nobody too many people out there. So you like you can play, you know, you can scoop it, you know, and pick it up and go run with it. Darius Slay joining us. Appreciate that. All right. So back in week eight, you had another scoop and score, but that time it happened in Detroit. First off, mm-hmm. what was it like to be back in the D again? And then how good did it feel to score on that return? It felt good, man. Be back in uh, Detroit, man. Uh, I got a lot of love, got a lot of respect. Did, I did a lot for that community down there, and that t- and uh, you know. And, in the state of Michigan. So uh, I got a lot of love. I had a great time going out there um, and, and playing again. Once again, it, was, it kind of felt funny being on uh, the other side of the, of the field. But, uh, you know, Detroit showed a lot of love. Man, when I came into the building, they, uh, you know, gave me a little standing ovation. Uh, so there's a lot of love there, man. I got, still got still a place in my heart, and I was always love Detroit. That's nice. Darius Slade joining us. What about Philadelphia? Have you got a real sense yet of what that town and that community is like where it's been mostly all football? Like, what's the Philadelphia experience been like? It's been good, man. You know, it'd be, it be just, you know, hey, it's a different level of fans here. So uh, they, they they really love football here, man. And, um, you know, and you got to like it, though, man. You like the challenge. They uh, they put you up against. And, uh, you know, they want, they want you to bring your best every week. So no matter how good you played the week before, they want you to be that same person every week. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of person I want to be as myself as a player. I want to be just as good as I was last week or even better. So, uh, you know, so uh, it'd be fun. I'd be having a great time, man. I just love the ball, man. I love the team. I love the energy. I love what the fans bring to us. So, um, you know, I'm just enjoying it. Good. Darius Slay joining us. Let me ask you this. I'm not sure if it's fair or not, but Devontae Smith said, watching you run with the ball, quote, he runs like a bad kid when the dirty or nothing. And for that, does he have a point? Not understand what you're doing. You like a bad kid. I ain't trying to get caught. You know, <laughs> uh, shoot, I used to get whippings a lot, man. So uh, my mama said, you know, she got to catch me first to whip me. So uh, I make it hard for her. Oh, so I'm gonna make it hard for uh, for my team, uh, the other team, to catch me too. <laughs> that is too much. All right. So the two of you work with each other in practice. What are those battles like? Who gets the best of whom consistently? Oh man, we know it'd be should we be just getting each other better, man. You know we we compete every day. You know I don't really sit here and say I keep count, but I'm know I'm winning for sure. <laughs> All right, so you know it's but, funny. Uh, it go ahead, finish that thought. Yeah, he said I know I'd be winning for sure, man. But he he's he's great, man. He's a great kid, man. Work hard, willing to do whatever he needs to do to uh, to help get better. He helped me get better in a lot of ways, man. You know, it was one for him and the other young guys, man. Uh, that helped me just improve my game as well. So them guys, you know, them young guys teach me a lot too as well. Darius Slay joins me for a few more moments. I've seen you guys switch up, and I've seen you beat him off the line when he tries to lock you up in coverage. How do the reverse battles go? What are those like? It was good, man. It was good to see him, man. Uh, like I, I, I was told him, I said, Smitty, man, he pretty, he could play both sides of the ball. I really think so. He really put his mind to it. Uh, good feet, good awareness, man. He played safety in college. I mean, not in college, but in high school. So. It's kind of smooth in, but uh, it was fun, man. We just playing around, you know. Just it just us really truly bonded with each other, man. Getting to know each other, man. Everybody thinks Smitty quiet, but he's a quiet guy. But man, he's a he's a cool dude, man. He's a real down to earth kid, man. I just like to have fun and really just 
enjoys the game. That's high praise. Darius Slade joining us. Now listen, among cornerbacks with at least 350 snaps and cover the third best coverage grade accolades off the very top, do you feel like you might be playing some of the best football of your entire career right now? Yeah, I'm playing. Um, you know, I'm playing. I'm playing. I think I'm playing at a very, very high level right now, man. Being very, very consistent. That's what's really making me play at a high level. Is that I've been consistent week in and week out. You know, traveling with some of the best receivers. You know, holding them to the to hold them to yards. Uh, doing my job, man, and executing. And um, that's what I've been doing right now, man. Being very, very consistent. And I'm. Um, I think I should. I'm continuing to keep trying to, you know, be the most consistent player in this league. What I can do to help this team win, man. Because uh, like I said, I like to win. You know, and now we got a great team to do a lot of great things. I want to be one of, or if not the most consistent player in the league. Do you feel like now you're getting the respect you deserve as an elite cornerback, or maybe still not so? Uh, I'll be getting it, you know. I've been getting it for the past, you know, uh, throughout the last four years. I've been in three Port Bowls, the last out of the four. So I got a lot of respect already. But, you know, uh, as me, uh, shoot, I've been, I've been – I've been consistent like this for a long time, man, a long, long time. I should probably have way more than just three four bowls I got. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm appreciative. Uh, you know, I think the man above, uh, you know, getting me in there, getting selected. But, uh, yeah, I've been I've been this consistent for a long time, man. I've been doing this for a long time, nine years in. And the uh, only thing I'm doing is getting better every year. And, um, you know, all I got to do is continue to keep preparing myself and, you know, believing in myself, believing in the coaches, what they tell me. And, um uh, and keep executing, you know, and I have great teammates, man. They help me build my uh, my game up too, man. My teammates do a lot to help me uh, put me in a lot of positions to make the plays I be making. Darius Slay, my guest, really quickly, you mentioned the Pro Bowl. So you were named the NFC Defensive Player of the Week after that win in Denver. What would it mean to be named to the Pro Bowl again this year? That'd be great, man. Be one, you know, as one of my first for the as an Eagle, uh, as, you know. So I'd be, you know, I'd be a blessing for me for sure. And his organization, man. Cause, you know, he brought me over here to do great things, and uh, which I am doing. But I always, like I said, I always do more. And you know, so but uh, uh, like I said, it'd be a blessing. You know, uh, it's, that's one of the great achievements to have as a uh, you know, as an NFL player. You know, guys have been looking forward to doing that a lot. You know, so uh, you know, thankfully I already got three of them. But you know, I would love to have one for Philly. Hey, Darius, something I, I always liked about you and respect about you is the approach that you take when it comes to respecting and hyping other DBs and to make sure right. that people pay attention to them. Who are some of the other guys around the league whose games you admire and the way they, they approach their uh, business? Uh, man, I admire Marshawn Lattimore game, man. Uh, him, uh, Denzel Ward, Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard, um, uh, Stephon Gilmore. Shoot, young Diggs right now, man. He's playing at a high level. I've always been watching his games since college. Uh, Trey White. You know, I, I, I watch a lot of a lot of ball, man, I, and I like a lot of corners, man, because it's a tough game. And I, I like to watch the corners that kind of have the same mindset and do the same type of things I do. And um, those are some of the guys that do the you know, same kind of kind of stuff I do as a man, corners and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, like, I, I like them kind of guys. Like I like that. that. Guys. I like that a lot. Yeah. All right, so finally, the team's won two of its last three. You're in second place in the division. Does it feel like a team that has a chance to make a run into the postseason? Yeah, yeah, man, we got a lot, man. We just got to keep executing, man. What we got doing, our main focus is being consistent, man, as a group. You know, we'll, we'll get a win and, you know, not handling business at home. And uh, so we got to know, thankfully, we got a home game this week, man. We can change that right now because, you know, we ain't win a game at home yet this year. Been great on the road. But uh, we got to win at home, man. Got to defend home plate and uh, keep trying to execute. He is a three-time Pro Bowl selection and All-Pro, the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Philadelphia is at home against New Orleans on Sunday. That's a big one. Darius Slay 
my guest, and that's how you close the show. Darius, appreciate you. Great to have you back, man. Thanks for doing that. Uh, appreciate you. Good night now!